It's Tuesday the 19th of November and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, despite rumours of rocky waters ahead for Germany's governing coalition, the leader of Angela Merkel's party insists it's all plain sailing. We'll look at what's really going on with Die Welt's correspondent, Stephanie Boltzen. The thing is that uh, the coalition, while it is very controversial in the parties, public opinion is very clear. Two-thirds of Germans say they want this grand coalition to, to stay. Plus, Los Angeles gets to work planting itself a greener future. A new Christmas tree in London reminds the United Kingdom of its European roots. And our affairs editor, Christopher Sermak, looks at why politics, like most things, is often best served in moderation. I'm Ben Ryland in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. Germany has been rocked by rumours of the collapse of the coalition that's keeping Chancellor Angela Merkel in power. The leader of the Christian Democratic Union, Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer, poured cold water on the notion this week, rejecting any hint that the coalition may be up for renegotiation. But will it be enough to quell the questions? Stephanie Boltzen is a correspondent for the German daily newspaper Die Welt. The thing is that uh, the coalition, while it is very controversial in the parties, public opinion is very clear. Two-thirds of Germans say they want this grand coalition to, to stay. So the coalition between the CDU and the SPD, they uh, want them to fulfill and finish the mandate until 2021, when there should be the next regular uh, federal election in Germany. What I do think is an interesting thing that you have to have in mind, uh, which is the Green Party, because the Green Party is now almost on the same level with the CDU is immensely popular. Of the three most popular politicians in Germany, two of them are Green Party politicians, uh, the current leader and uh, also the first minister of Baden-Württemberg plus Angela Merkel. So saying that, um, I think Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer is very keen to um, somehow project um, a, an idea of stability because the Green Party is also very uh, successful because they have a lot of policy ideas that people like and they are very determined and uh, decided to, to go for these policies. They just finished their party conference uh, this weekend and um, they are just growing and growing in the polls. So I think it's not even so much the SPD that uh, Kramp-Karrenbauer is directing her quotes to, but uh, it, it might be the Green Party and the, the general public. The sun-baked city of Los Angeles will be looking a little greener soon as the Cool Streets LA program gets underway. Monocle's Nick Moniz has the story. Nick, what's behind this tree planting push? The Green New Deal is is what's driven this push. And I, I, I guess for starters, this has stemmed from the fact that the Trump administration announced plans to leave the Paris Climate Agreement. And as a result, cities across the country, uh, Seattle, New York, uh, Milwaukee, uh, are just a few others that have announced plans for their own Green New Deal to take, I guess, climate change matters into their own hands. And as part of this, Mayor Eric Garcetti has announced plans for the city to plant 90,000 new trees by 2021. So it's quite ambitious. So these 1,200 trees are just that first step in reaching that 90,000, which seems like a phenomenal number of trees. Why have there historically not been enough trees in LA? I mean, anyone who's been there will know it, there is a curious absence of, of greenness in that city. Part of it is the fact that value just isn't placed on trees in the same way that 
that we place value on other parts of our urban environment, like our, our roads or our, our footpaths, I think it's much easier to quantify the value that they're adding to our, our city environments than it is, say, trees. Like, it, it's very difficult to put a number on the energy saving or the water saving value of a mature tree, which I think in turn makes it quite difficult to say, hey, we're, we're going to plant more of these or, or we've got an economic case to uh, to retain and protect these. And I, I think perhaps the other thing, and this is just a personal theory, having grown up in Perth, which is quite a car-centric city, I think you could, I mean, it's smaller, but you could certainly draw some parallels with LA, but people just hate having leaves land in their car bonnet. I think I think people people would much rather have no trees and not have to fish leaves out of their car bonnets than they would uh, have trees. And I think I think there's a there's a cultural thing as well as well as that economic value that we place on it. If I had the choice of leaves or a leaf blower, I'd choose the leaves any day. Those leaf blowers, let's get rid of them. Uh, Nick Money is always a pleasure. Thank you. Well, I hope you packed your gardening gloves. We're heading back home to London now, where a festive spruce is set to light up Trafalgar Square, though its roots reach far beyond the city. In the woods outside of Oslo this morning, a choice Norwegian spruce is being felled and prepped for transport to London. The annual tradition has taken place since 1947, with a conifer gifted by Norway's capital city in gratitude to the British for their support during the Second World War. Known by locals as the Queen of the Forest, the final spruce that is chosen will stand in Trafalgar Square and be decorated in the Norwegian style. At some 24 metres tall and 90 years old, the queen is one of a number of handsome young saplings that are vetted for the role in their youth. This year, the tree's lights are due to go on at the ceremony on December 5th, when it will serve as a glowing pre-election reminder that the UK's relations with Europe run far deeper than Brexit. And finally today, is everything better in moderation? Well, Monocle's Affairs Editor Christopher Sermak looks at why the age-old dietary advice is having a hard time in the world of U.S. politics. We got an anonymous whistleblower who says that Donald Trump did something wrong. Donald Trump, like Hunter Biden, says, I didn't do anything wrong. Forget the whistleblower. But we have the transcript sh- of the call and the president's remarks on the law. Wait, wait, before you interrupt me, Howard. An impeachment inquiry may be soaking up all the oxygen in the U.S., but two other striking political items have made the news in the past few days. The first, in the race to be the Democratic presidential candidate, Pete Buttigieg is a whopping 9% ahead of more experienced rivals like Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, and Bernie Sanders, according to a poll of Iowa voters. The telegenic 37-year-old is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, As you can read in Monocle's October issue, the Iowa caucus is the first in a series of state-by-state elections to choose the party's nominee to face Donald Trump next year. Needless to say, this is a momentous shift. The second item also concerns the Democratic race. Barack Obama has weighed in for the first time. Without naming names, he made an unambiguous plea for moderation on Friday, saying that the U.S. is still a country that is, quote, less revolutionary than it is interested in improvement. It was an extraordinary intervention that included not-so-subtle digs at left-wing candidates like Warren and Sanders and praise for moderates such as Biden and Buttigieg. But Obama has a point. 
In the Trump era, most Democrats favor a return to normality over a hard lurch to the left. The Iowa poll found that 63% of voters would prefer a candidate with a strong chance of beating Trump rather than a candidate who shares their views. The paradox is this. Voters prefer moderation over risk when it comes to ideas, but when it comes to candidates, they value an outsider more than a veteran. And that means Obama's best hope for moderation might just come in the form of inexperienced but refreshing Buttigieg, even over Biden, his safe but aging former vice president. Our affairs editor Christopher Cermak there, ironing out some of the current creases in American political logic. Well, that's all in today's program. You can read and subscribe to our daily email bulletin at our website, monocle.com. I'm Ben Ryland. The Monocle Minute returns on Wednesday.